Live from the heart of Lincoln, America, welcome to Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hello and welcome into the Daily Nebraskan Show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. I know post-game just wrapped up for us, but you know, we still got a whole hour of a show. We're going to basically be talking about men's basketball the whole time. Going to, you know, tough loss on the road for Nebraska. You know, a lot of the same. A lot of the same stuff we saw tonight as it has been in the past so far for Nebraska this season. Nebraska still yet to have a conference road win. Tonight seemed like a good chance to be able to get it. They had a very strong game against Illinois on the road while they didn't pull it off. That was still like, it was still nice to see how competitive Nebraska was on the road against Illinois. This is a, in my opinion, I don't want to say like much worse Northwestern team, but they're not Illinois. So Northwestern, this seemed like a gettable game, but it just slipped apart. It just slipped away from them in the first half. First half, they gave up 47 points to Northwestern. The most points Northwestern scored in the first half this season so far. Guys, I just want to get your overall thoughts just on this game for Nebraska. Uh, Yeah, obviously just another tough road loss, especially coming after the loss against Illinois on Sunday where Nebraska played well. You know, it wasn't like one of the normal road uh, losses that they've had in the past. They limited turnovers. They won the turnover battle. They obviously faced multiple deficits, ended up coming back for those from those forcing overtime. But yeah, this was just back to square one for them. Struggled with turnovers greatly tonight, especially in the second half when they were tr- kind of making a comeback there, at least playing more competitive basketball. Turnovers ultimately served as their demise. And yeah, it just was a tough outing for them. Yeah, I mean, this, like Northwestern is one of the worst rebounding teams in the Big Ten. It seemed like an opportunity for Nebraska, you know, finally win the battle on the boards, but that was not the case. Cameron, can you kind of talk about just how much more physically dominant Northwestern was than Nebraska in this game? Yeah, they wanted it more. To start the game, Northwest or Nebraska played like they were playing Northwestern, like they weren't Illinois. They played mm-hmm. like they were just supposed to go out there and they were going to impose their will on the game early and it was going to be an easy night. And Northwestern showed them different pretty early. They were a lot more physical. They were sending bodies to the glass. They were initiating contact. And when they're at home, the whistle doesn't quite go your way. That can kind of feel like a lot, especially when you don't start off with the level of intensity and to have to muster it up and match it. It can be a hard thing, and you've seen that tonight. It just, they never were able to quite get there. Yeah, I mean, it was honestly a tale of two halves for Nebraska. I mean, not that the second half was like, you know, amazing for Nebraska by any stretch, but the first half just, it was just hard to watch. And I feel like that's why, like, like I just saw Husker fans, they were just, they just got turned off like right away from the game. Like, Mm -hmm. I I was watching the game and I got to be honest, after like halfway through the first half, I started like working on other stuff. I was still... (laughs) watching the game but it was just it was hard to watch it was hard to keep my interest just because it was just the same thing over and over again but you know let's start from the beginning I honestly liked the starting lineup that Hoiberg decided to put out tonight he went big 
Yeah, I know you talked about it the yeah. show the other night. You mentioned putting in Alec in the starting lineup, moving Lawrence to the bench. Gary. Uh, yeah, putting or yeah, putting Gary in the starting lineup with alongside Alec, Mass, Casey, and Bryce Williams. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think it it was a weird lineup. I mean, Alec obviously did not have the performance no. night. He was out there running, basically. I mean, zero points, <laughs> zero rebounds. Zero assists. He was conditioning. Yeah, he had a block, but he had two turnovers as well. But kind of a double-edged sword for for that. Lawrence, I thought, had one of his better games of the season yeah, coming off was, the bench. And it was off the bench. I just, like, Lawrence just seemed, it just kind of felt like the same thing with Wojcik. You know, he just, for whatever reason, off the bench, he just feels more comfortable on the offensive end. I like the lineup because... I think Hoiberg knew that Nebraska, if they were going to win this game, had to be physically dominant. Okay, That lineup he put out there with Williams, Tominaga, Gary, Alec, and Mass, that is his, like, that's the biggest lineup that Hoiberg could probably put out there. Now, it limited the size you had coming off the bench, which I feel like wasn't ideal. You know, you didn't really have a forward coming off the bench in that game because, you know, you're starting three of them with Gary, Alec, and Mast. But, I mean, I like the decision with it. I just think, at the end of the day, players just have to execute. The coach can only do so much. And honestly, like, on past road losses, I've been very critical of Hoiberg on some of them. Tonight, I, I don't really know how much this is on Hoiberg. I just feel like this is from a, at a point. It's just the players just got to go out and show out. that You have to play. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I like the idea behind the lineup. I think Alec brings a different type of energy mm-hmm. that they've been lacking on the road, especially to start games. They've started deep in holes, even the Illinois game, mm-hmm. which they ended up getting back into. They started off kind of slow. So I like the idea behind it. But the problem is, is you can't play that lineup if your shooters aren't going to play like shooters. If yeah, they couldn't, they couldn't hit it. You're adding in another non-shooter in... Alec, who normally doesn't start except for when Gary's out. Yeah. And then you have Gary, who can be sometimes he hit one or two tonight, but Tominaga went 0 for 3. Mass went 2 for 5. You need more from your yeah. starters on the shooting front in order to play that lineup. And I think that's why you've seen him switch in the second half. Overall, I think he coached a decent game. I might have want to, I might have personally felt like he should have went to the press a little earlier. I yeah. think it definitely because you can just tell once he went to it, Northwestern kind of struggled. Their ball handlers didn't look too comfortable. And that might have sparked a comeback. But even then, there's just once it was one of those games to where no matter what he did, no matter what he went to, it just wasn't working. The players didn't seem to engage. I mean, the thing, see, the only thing, I don't know if this is on Hoiberg or just the players, but why didn't Mast take five threes and only three other shots that weren't threes like that's what like is mass not the five in our lineup am i am, I, like, mean, am I wrong like why is he not attacking the paint like i don't get it that's been a critique i've had of his game for a while like obviously look at the ohio state game seems like an eternity ago after these mm-hmm. last couple games but you know he was lighting it up from deep, and yes, he is a three. He is a big man who can definitely shoot the three. Yeah, but he should definitely be attacking the paint more, or at least just staying down there more. Again, his two field goals tonight were three pointers, and then on the other end, only six rebounds tonight. Bryce Williams had, had 10. ten, and then last game, Nebraska's leading rebounder was Juwan Gary. 
It's mm-hmm. I know obviously as the big man I know Purdue or not Purdue Northwestern had Nicholson a seven foot guy mm-hmm. that was on him so that obviously being the five you're going to be guarding taller players but I mean every game he's never the leading rebounder for Nebraska or hardly rarely is I mean he just is that's just not really his game mm-hmm. like he's not really a guy that usually physically overwhelms the opponent he kind of just you know when he goes down low. He, he has, you know, his post moves. It's not like he's just, like, sh- out. He's just stronger than the guy that he's backing down. Like, it's when he has his post moves, he's able to score down low. Or he's shooting a bunch of threes like he did against Ohio State. He's never really been, like, at all this season, been a guy that just attacked the paint, attacked the paint, attacked the paint. I'm not saying he needs to, you know, play like Shaquille O'Neal or anything <laughs> like that. I'm just saying we need, Nebraska needs more guys that can produce in the paint. They just they do. They rely so much on the three point shot. Now, nineteen shots, they've taken more threes than nineteen this season. So like it wasn't too bad. But I mean, you would think that, you know, the five in your starting lineup would take more than just three shots inside the arc. That was a little confusing to me. But other than that, you look when you're looking at the stats, Nebraska lost the rebounding battle. It and it was bad. I mean, this is again, I kind of said this earlier, but Northwestern is one of the worst rebounding teams in the Big Ten. And you get and Northwestern had 13 offensive rebounds. That that can't happen. Okay. Especially, especially when you're also turning the ball over 17 times as Nebraska. So not only so Northwestern turned it over 10 times, Nebraska turned it over 17. So you're already giving them seven more possessions just there. And then you're also giving them 13 possessions on top of that with the offensive rebound, more possessions. Like it just you can't you have to choose one or the other. It seems every time like if Nebraska chooses one or the other, either you don't rebound or you don't turn the ball over. You don't do both. It's always a close game. And if they win the rebound and turnover battle, they win the game. Yeah, you're not going to win many games losing the turnover battle and the rebounding battle. It's Especially just, with this team. Yeah, you don't have enough to make up for it. There's just not enough talent on the team to make up for it. And you're giving the teams more shots. Like if you look at the yeah. field goals taken tonight, Northwestern got 63 shots up. Nebraska got 48 shots. Yeah. And then 26 points off turnovers for Northwestern. They were capitalizing at a high amount. Northwestern had 10 turnovers. Nebraska only had seven points off those. I remember their first points off a turnover were a Jamarcus Lawrence steal and one. And that was in the second half. Yeah. I mean, see, the one thing that I do want to say about the turnovers is, you know, the first half was the half that, you know, was really bad for Nebraska. They only had seven turnovers in that half. While that isn't great. It's still like, was that really the problem? The turnovers were kind of the reason Nebraska couldn't make a run in the second half. But like, I don't feel like that w- was that really the reason Nebraska fell in a hole. I mean, they only had seven turnovers in the first half. I don't think so. I think the reason they fell in the hole is because they couldn't defend the three-point line. And they couldn't also hit threes. Nebraska only shot 31% from the three-point line. Yeah, that'll do it. Like, if you can't. If you can't fire back and they're making everything, which it seemed like they were at the beginning of the game, yeah, it's it's hard to overcome. And another thing that which has been very noticeable this season is Nebraska just doesn't really have a point guard. They just they don't. Bryce Williams, I love him. I think he's been playing great for Nebraska this season, but he's not really a true point guard. Nebraska doesn't have a true point guard, and I feel like that is why. Nebraska has these turnover issues. Yeah, I mean, Bryce Williams, he had a great game tonight. 13 points, yeah. 10 rebounds, 5 of 7 from the field. 
arguably Nebraska's best player, at least offensively on the night. But again, the three turnovers. I remember he had a very lazy pass in the second half. The, that the one-handed passes. The one-handed took passes. all the way, dunked it in, and that he seems like he's due for at least one of those every game. A game where yeah. he just takes the ball up the court, plays just about to develop, just lofts one in, gets an easy steal for the other team, brings it over to the other end. Definitely just something that he'll he has to improve on, especially being called on as the primary ball handler. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to be having him in the starting lineup with Lawrence in the second unit. Yeah. Because then that's really the, all the, him there. Yeah, there's more pressure on Williams. But, I mean, as much as, you know, I, I, I can name all these players, at the end of the day, I feel like the biggest player that, you know, was a real detriment to the team was Josiah Alec. He was a negative 23 in the Jeez. plus minus. Minus 23. While the plus minus isn't a, you know, that's not the be, do all <laughs> be all stat. But negative 23, that's some, there's something there. There's something there. I mean, you could tell, I mean, Keisei Tamanaga, Rank Mast, they had four and seven. They were the only two players with a positive plus minus on the team. They're the best two players on the team. But, I mean, Hoiberg's really going to have to consider his starting lineup. Is Alec, like, I know what he was trying to do with the starting lineup, and I honestly was all for it, trying to be physically, trying to be physically dominant against a Northwestern team that's not very physical. Not like the Illinois team they played on Sunday. But, you know, when Josiah Alex is not giving production, who who else do you guys think could slide into that starting lineup in place of Alec? I think that you have to go with energy. I think it was he was on the right track with going with the energy guy, but I don't know if Alec, if he's going to give you zero everything, Pretty much, he's not. You're not gonna be. Able you're not to, sugarcoating it. Literally yeah, you're not zero everything besides the plus minus, which was a minus twenty three. Yeah, you're not gonna be able to play him in the starting lineup. I just think, especially when the other guys aren't shooting the ball as well too. Yeah. It's another non shooter. Mm-hmm. It's slower, and it's like you don't have enough of anything. You have. You're still small. You're not a big team even with him in the starting lineup. You don't. You shoot it worse with him in the starting lineup. It's just. I don't know if that was the right pick. I would say. People that I could I would consider would be maybe Sam Hoiberg into the starting lineup. I would love Sam Hoiberg to be in the starting lineup. I would. It would it would take pressure off of Williams. It would. It would really take pressure off of Bryce Williams. I'm not saying Williams would just completely go to like the two guard and Hoiberg would run the point. But I'm just saying, you know, they'd be able to it wouldn't have to be Bryce Williams every time. When the only thing I don't like about about Alec and Mast in the starting lineup at the same time is that when Alec is in with Mast, Mast just kind of turns into a four on the offensive end. He's kind of just on the three-point line. And and Alec, in my opinion, is the guy that's, you know, down low trying to fight. I want Mast down low. Mast needs to be down low. He's too talented to just have him sitting on the three-point line. It's the same issue. I know I'm going NBA, but, like, when guys like Joel Embiid, Nicole Jokic, Anthony Davis, when they're just sitting on the three-point line, I'm not saying Mass is any of those guys, but when they're just sitting on the three-point line, they're not being productive. They're just another three-point shooter on the team. They don't need that. They need a guy down low, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Mass is the best player on Nebraska, or at least has been for many times in the mm-hmm. game. And that's and those are the games where he is that that five, that guy down low. Josiah Alec, I mean, obviously if when those two are on the court at the same time, because Alec, he can hit a three every once in a while, but he's not someone who's going to just knock him down. No, so they have masked on the three-point line. So I get that, but like, 
Alec inside, especially, I mean, he only had one instance tonight of it, but he had instances like this against Illinois where he'd back down, he'd post up, he'd get all the way there and then just kind of give up. When it came to the shot, he'll just kind of float one up, you know, not drive mm. it home. He'll just fall backwards when he's shooting. It's just, it again, Alec has had the good games. Obviously, the other Northwestern game this year, yeah. he kind of won the game for Nebraska in a way down the stretch. It was so weird because that was the only game he was driving down low. Yeah, it's just, he's been very inconsistent. Again, he's a great energy guy, has shown flashes on defense, has shown flashes on offense. But yeah, definitely in that role, I would definitely want Mass in those situations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you want to go, Cameron? Oh, yeah, I was just going to say that Mass, another reason that Alec kind of throws a wrench in the starting lineup is because Nebraska runs a lot of their offense through the five. Yeah. A lot of DHOs, a lot of cutting and moving and passing goes mm-hmm. through that five position. And Mass is just, frankly, better than that, better oh, yeah. at that than Alec is. Definitely. Yeah, that's not Alex. That's not Alex's game. Alex's game is to, you know, be the energy guy, and you know, so when you're not, you know, the most talented guy on the floor, but you bring the energy, you have to bring the energy. He didn't do that tonight, and it shows. He's never, you know, he's never going to be a guy that's going to fill the stat, the stat sheet. But it was just hard to watch, in my opinion, tonight. But we got to throw it to break. When we come back, we're gonna get more Nebraska basketball talk. We're gonna kind of look what this game really means for Nebraska moving forward. What is the impact of this loss for Nebraska? All that and more is going to be on the Daily Nebraska show right here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Back to the Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hello and welcome back into the Daywind Nebraska show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. I'm Ben, still joined here by Anthony and Cameron. We're all from the Daywind Nebraska UNL's independent student newspaper. Again, Nebraska, tough loss against Northwestern on the road. So now let's kind of go into what this loss really means for Nebraska. Once again, the road struggles continue and... It's just, it's just nine day from home and, and home on the road. How, I want to get you guys' thoughts on how much you feel that this impacts Nebraska's tournament resume. Yeah, obviously, if they were able to get, pull out one of these last two games, would have been huge for the resume, would have mm-hmm. looked nice on it. These were the best two games that they had the whole rest of the regular season. They have a very favorable schedule going forward. Toughest game, probably Indiana on the road. Yeah, probably. Maybe Ohio State at the road, something like that. Yeah. But, yeah, it was. those were some two games that would definitely have boosted their resume. They're, they still, I think, have a chance to kind of get a spot mostly wrapped up before the Big Ten tournament. But that involves them really winning maybe all except for maybe one of these games. Especially, they're going to have to pull out a road win sometime. I think, and Cameron, I'll get your thoughts right after I say this. I think if Nebraska wants to, you know, secure their position before the Big Ten tournament, meaning like if they lost first round Big Ten tournament, they'd still make it. You'd have to probably win out. And even if you do win out, it, you're gonna, it's going to be a lot of outside circumstances that depend on that. Because Nebraska is going to need teams like Northwestern, Michigan State, Minnesota to not play as good down the stretch. I mean, if that's really the case, 
And you know, if if it if if it's you know very similar to what it is right now when it comes to the Big Ten tournament, Nebraska's gonna have to win probably two games in the Big Ten tournament, in my opinion, if they want to make the tournament. Because they're, they're gonna probably barely be on the bubble right now, in my opinion. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's gonna be tough. It I think unfortunately, I know Husker fans hate to hear this. We're probably gonna have to start rooting for Wisconsin. I know. Hey, this lost to Michigan. Yeah, exactly. Overall, tough night loss. for the Huskers. <laughs> tough night. But you're just going to have to hope that your wins get better, the teams you beat play good, and the teams that beat you play good, quite frankly. You just need a lot of luck around the board if you want to lock up a spot before the Big Ten. Because even if you do win out, some of these games just aren't. They're not. They're going to be like quad three, quad four wins. Michigan, Ohio State, those, yeah. mm -hmm. as it stands today, which Michigan might look a little better after they beat Wisconsin, but as it stands today, you're going to have to most likely win all those to be for sure, for sure in the tournament. I think likely if they win a Big Ten tournament game and have a close second game, win or lose, they're most likely in. They probably might be in the last four in in that case. but I mean, but with that, Nebraska's going to have to pretty much went out i think nebraska gets one more loss okay if they get one more loss they go six and one down the stretch they're a 22 win team okay if they are a first round exit in the big 10 tournament if that's what it is they're six and one first round exit it's going to be close it's going to be really close if they make the tournament if they get even just one rent win in the big 10 tournament which isn't asking too much to be frank they nebraska's still fine this was doesn't like this, like hell is not raining down. Okay, <laughs> every like it's not like as much as Husker fans are disappointed in these last two games because they, I mean, you just want the conference road win. It Nebraska's still in a good position. If you would have told me that Nebraska would be in this position with the last seven games to go at the beginning of the year, if you would have told me that, I would have taken it. If we would have beat Purdue, Wisconsin, like. When's the last time Nebraska's ever been in this position? Like, how many years ago was it? Probably 10. Yeah. The last time I mean, they made the it, tournament. It's just exactly. like, it's, I know it's disappointing, but Nebraska's fine. Now, I'm, I'm still skeptical on how good they can do in the NCAA tournament. This team has not been able to show that they can win outside of PBA. We can maybe talk about that a little bit later, but what do you guys think? Do you think Nebraska needs to win out on these last seven games? Or how how many losses do you think Nebraska can take over this last stretch? Yeah, it's going to take, like again, obviously some outside factors, mm -hmm. how other teams on the bubble are doing, kind of just monitoring like those 15 teams that yeah. are in the same spot as Nebraska going forward. But I think right now, again, I, I think they, they can still have one more loss, especially if it's, uh, even if it's a road game. I think playing Michigan this weekend, obviously just beat Wisconsin, but this will be a Michigan team. Again, we'll probably preview the game later. Mm -hmm. That will be without Doug McDaniel. And just the rest of their schedule, probably the best team, just talent-wise, that they play is, I guess, Ohio State on the road, but they've just been in a complete free fall the past month. And yeah. then they, the best team they play right now is Minnesota, who... Is, and that's going to be a big game. They, yeah, they're going on a run right now in the Big Ten. They've been probably this, honestly, if you're not counting Nebraska, probably the surprise team of the Big Ten this year. Yeah. But yeah, 
looking at their schedule, obviously a lot of winnable games. I could see them losing one. I can honestly see them losing two. But if they want to make the turn, if they want to make the turn tournament, I could see six out of their last seven. Yeah, I mean, I think no matter what, you you really can't be your first round exit in this Big Ten tournament because even mm-hmm. if you went out and you don't win a round of the Big Ten tournament, it's gonna be close. Like you're relying on outside factors. You need to Nebraska needs to control what they can control. They haven't been doing that very well recently. Can't win on the road, and that's the monkey on their back. All it, I mean, I said this before. Just they, Nebraska just needs they just need to get a road win in conference play. Once they do that, no one's going to be caring about their conference road record because it's not like all these other Big Ten teams are just amazing on the road. Everyone is struggling on the road. Northwestern one road win. Michigan yeah. State one road win. That's what I'm saying. Like bona fide tournament teams right now. I know. <laughs> Bonafide quotes. It's like it's like if Nebraska wins like six out of their last seven, you know, gets 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 the road wins against Indiana, Ohio State, and Michigan. I think Nebraska will be fine. I think they'll be fine. Bearing a first round exit of the Big Ten tournament, they're going to make it probably as like a ten seed. I would say Nebraska is like six and one down the stretch, wins at least one tournament game. I would say a ten seed, but it's going to be close and. It just, you really have to hope that Nebraska bounces back against Michigan at home here because it's like Nebraska can't afford to be going on the losing streak right now. They they can't afford it. Yeah, you can see there's, it, it's a possibility. We, yeah. Nebraska should win most of the games they have left on the schedule, but Minnesota, they did not look good against Minnesota earlier this year. Indiana's been playing better. Michigan just beat Wisconsin. You have to play them twice. Rutgers has been kind of finding this stride. So there's there's opportunities for this to go really, really sideways. But they, if they can hold serve how they've been playing at home and just eke out a couple of these road wins, I think, like you said, it'll depend on how we do in the tournament. I think I'm not even really concerned about the home games that all left on the schedule. I don't think Nebraska loses any of these home games. Like, at home against Michigan, Penn State, Minnesota, Rutgers. Minnesota might be the closest one, but like I, those are all games Nebraska should win and probably will. If they drop any of those, it's going to be bad. If they can get all the home home the home games, they can win all of them, get two of three on the road, they'll be fine. They'll be sitting at 22 wins going into the tournament. That's good with top tier wins on your resume. Yeah, I mean, obviously the home games, Michigan, Minnesota, Rutgers, mm-hmm. uh, Penn State. Uh, if they were able to beat teams like Wisconsin, teams like That's Purdue, what, yeah. Northwestern, those should be winnable games. But they got to make sure that they're going into these games, not with like yeah. making sure they're still not looking towards the next game after this. Because mm-hmm. looking at these teams, obviously Michigan coming off of a big win against uh, Wisconsin, Penn State has won two in a row on both on the road. Mm-hmm. They've been without Kanye Clary. He should probably be back at that point, but Penn State's playing their best basketball yet. Minnesota, again, playing some best some of their best basketball yet. Rutgers also won their last game. Mm-hmm. So it's just, they got to avoid, these games are all potential trap games for Nebraska. They are. They're going to just have to make sure that they're not, they're not looking towards these road games, you know, not being like, oh, we're playing Michigan tonight. Let's just look forward to the next game. You know, this is a team that, They've won eight games all year, mm-hmm. but as they show tonight, they could really be anyone. 
I don't really feel like that's ever really been a problem with this Nebraska team, like them looking ahead. I think it's just been like, sometimes it's the efforts not there. And I don't think that's because they're looking ahead. I just think Nebraska just always comes out flat in these games on the road. It's just really weird. It's honestly mind-boggling. Like, why? Like, I want to ask you, I, want, I, I know it's a tough question. Why does Nebraska just like, why does just all the energy get sucked out of this Nebraska team when they're on the road? Like, this is a good Nebraska team. I don't care if they lose every road game left on the schedule. This is a good Nebraska team. All they have to do is start winning these road games, and it'll be a great Nebraska team. Right now, it's just a pretty good team. If you can start getting these road road these road wins, they're turning into a great team, and they'll be a tournament team. I think the issue is communication on the road. They don't yeah. have a... I personally don't see a vocal leader amongst the team that's yeah. consistent, that travels on the road. And I think that really hurts them. Like tonight, there was a play where they brought Lawrence in the game and hit, Wiltshire gets hit by a screen and Lawrence is supposed to tag the three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. And neither one of them do it. They leave the guy wide open. He shoots the three. He hits Tominaga celebration. And Wiltshire just throws his hands up in the air. It's like, what are we doing? And you can just tell, like, the communication is not the same as it is at home and it is on the road. Part of that is because at home, the you're used to it. It's your crowd. It's your people. On the road, it's people are booing you. It's yeah. It's uh, it's a different environment. And for whatever reason, the communication hasn't traveled, which has led to a lot of defensive lapses. Which the this is a good Husker team, only when the defense plays good. Without their defense. They are a talented offensive team, but they won't beat many of the really good teams, and it's really hard to beat a team in their gym when you're not playing defense. I mean, the defense wasn't great. The offense wasn't very good either. I mean, just neither side of the ball showed up tonight, and it was bad. And what 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 makes this loss sting the most is that Northwestern was the team you were competing against. You know, if this, like the Illinois loss, like— Nebraska was never going to pass Illinois up in the Big Ten standings or, you know, in the rankings. Like, it just wasn't going to happen. Northwestern's, like, they almost have the same record as you. Do they have the same record as Nebraska now? I haven't even looked. Like, this is the, like, these are two, Nebraska and Northwestern are two bubble teams. And this is just not a loss Nebraska could afford. They're, like, they still can easily make the tournament, but it's going to be a lot harder. You don't have as much wiggle room now. But we have to throw it to break. When we come back, we're going to preview Nebraska's next game against Michigan. That and more is coming up right here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Back to the Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hello and welcome back into the Daily Nebraskan Show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. For one last segment, we're going to have about 8 to 10 minutes for this last segment. And we're really going to take this time to preview Nebraska's next game. I know everyone's probably still thinking about the loss against Northwestern, but Nebraska needs to shake this loss off, look ahead. And, you know, on the on the outside, Michigan seems like a team that, you know, you could overlook pretty easily. But... You know, they've been the worst Big Ten team by far this year, in my opinion. But they just pulled up, pulled off a huge upset against Wisconsin. Wisconsin, on a three-game losing streak now, doesn't doesn't bother me any. Might bother some Husker fans because that might make Nebraska's win look worse. Doesn't really bother me. But the Michigan game is going to be an important game, not, you know, because it's going to 
boost Nebraska's resume up. Oh my gosh. It's the fact that Nebraska has to win this Michigan game or they're going to be on a three game losing streak. And it's just, it's going to unravel if they lose against Michigan this, this weekend. Yeah. This again, a Michigan team that beat Wisconsin tonight and, uh, Ended a five-game losing streak with that win. Mm-hmm. But this is definitely not a team to sneeze at. I mean, they will be out without Doug McDaniel because it is a road game, serving a very weird suspension. Yeah. Uh, for Which, <laughs> very strange. Yeah. So um, they'll be without him. But again, this is a Michigan team that, yes, they're 8-15. and 15, Yes, they're 3-9 and nine in conference play. But they've just really... Have kind of had some unlucky games, especially in the earlier in early season non-conference play. But another thing is this team really does good in the first half. Yeah, they I I don't remember this stat exactly, but they have a positive point differential in first half in Big Ten play. It's the second half where they tend to fall apart. They had the mm-hmm. first half lead tonight against Wisconsin. Were able to hold on for a win there. Could be a sign that the tides are turning there, but. It will be a game that, don't be surprised if Michigan starts out hot. Yeah, I mean, one reason that, I mean, as a Husker fan, I don't think you should be too worried about this game because Nebraska's been pretty unbeatable at home. Outside of the Creighton game, which is very early in the season, Nebraska's a different team now than they were when they played Creighton, obviously. I mean, Nebraska's just looked so good at home. Like, like... Yes, the Wisconsin like the Wisconsin game was really close, but other than that, a lot of these have been like very sizable victories. I can think of the Wisconsin game was close when the, Nebraska had to make a huge second half comeback, and then the Northwestern game. Other than that, they've pretty much all been blowouts, in my opinion, at home. So Nebraska just like you said, even if Michigan gets hot to start the game, I don't feel like Michigan's defense is going to be enough to hold Tominaga. Mass, Mass needs to get the ball down low. That's one thing. Like, if I see Mass only has three shots inside the arc on Saturday, Nebraska could actually be in trouble because they need him to have, I'm not saying he needs to score 34, but he needs to have Ohio State-esque performance on Saturday. Like, that is what I want to see from Mast. Yeah, this is a Michigan team we should beat. Their last couple of road games, mm-hmm. they've been embarrassed on the road. They don't really travel well. I don't think they were embarrassed against though. Illinois, but... Uh, yeah, that one kind of got out of hand later in the game, but mm-hmm. still, like, this is a team we should beat. The problem is, is that if you lose this game, the rest of the schedule gets a little weird because now these are games where it's almost like fighting someone who has nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. They have, you have everything to lose to where you can see your tournament hopes slipping further yeah. and further away. While the other team, especially because these are teams that don't really have much hope left the rest of the season, <laughs> yeah. they get to play free. There's no consequence to what mm-hmm. they do. And those are sometimes the hardest teams to beat. So this is definitely a game you want to take care of business to not add the tremendous pressure that will come if you lose. This is a talented team, but this is overall a team that Nebraska is better than, especially without Doug McDaniel. Yeah, I mean, that's another reason I'm feeling good about it for Nebraska because I just don't think Michigan has the talent. Again, I don't... like. Nebraska, I don't think Michigan's going to be able to like perform like they did tonight on at PBA. Like if Wisconsin and Purdue couldn't perform at PBA, Michigan should not be able to. I think the only way Nebraska loses this game is a they shoot like twenty five percent from the three point line, and Michigan 
somehow finds their stroke and shoots like 40, and Nebraska turns the ball over a lot, which those have been the reasons Nebraska's lost. I mean, as long as Nebraska just plays like they have been at home, it should be a pretty easy win for them. Anthony, what do you think? Yeah, this is a Michigan team that also heavily relies on the three-pointer. They're ranked yeah. third in the Big Ten in three-point percentage, third in three-pointers made. Nebraska's first in three-pointers made, so yeah, they would definitely, it would definitely help if Nebraska's been able to hit them from behind the arc. And yeah, again, this is a team that is without their best player that has struggled on the road all year. Yeah, it should be a game that Nebraska pulls out, especially looking at the rest of their schedule. This would be a nice, nice little game to kind of get get them some of that mojo back, get them mm-hmm. back on their feet after the rough two-game skid against quad one teams on the road could really just give them some much needed momentum heading into this back half of the year that's filled with a bunch of winnable games yeah I mean I mean I'm just gonna be honest this this upcoming Michigan game's the easiest game left on the schedule for Nebraska yeah. I mean it it just is like Nebraska can't lose this game because if they do it's just only gonna get harder from there like every mm-hmm. single game is gonna be harder Nebraska like I said earlier, needs to win all these home games. Just They can't afford to really drop any of them, in my opinion. Because the one thing that Nebraska can hold his hat on is we're an amazing home team. And if you lose to a team like Michigan at home, it's not going to look good. It's just not. I want to get score predictions or predictions. What is your prediction for Saturday against Michigan? Um, I think Nebraska is going to bounce back and win the game. Wouldn't be surprised if it's by double digits. Mm-hmm. Again, just with how Michigan's been playing, how they've been riding the three, I could see maybe at the start of the game, kind of a bit of a scare. Maybe they take a little lead early, like five point, seven point lead in the mm-hmm. first half. Kind of similar to the Ohio State game a while back. But then I think once it turns to the second half, Nebraska's it's going to be all Nebraska, all Huskers from here on out. Cameron, what do you think? Yeah, I can kind of see the same thing. I think that Michigan will have success early, I feel like, because all the things we talk about how Nebraska should beat this team and how good they are at home. I can see Nebraska maybe if coming out with not as much desperation as they probably should have after losing two straight. Mm-hmm. But I think the crowd and just the way this team plays at home, they normally shoot better, role players play better. They'll eventually get the game going. And I feel like they should win this one by around seven, eight points. All right. I agree. I think Nebraska probably wins double digits in this game. One last question I want to throw before we end the show. Who should Alex start? Should they should Hoiberg start keep the same starting lineup? And if not, who should start in, in instead of him? I do not think Alex should start, especially after the night he had tonight. Mm-hmm. I think I would say, honestly, Lawrence, I he had a good night off the bench. And yeah. I think I think, like, going inside the mind of Fred Hoiberg, I think he put Lawrence back in, but I would also like to see Hoiberg. Cameron, what do you think, real quick? Yeah, really fast. I feel like he shouldn't start, for sure. I think Lawrence, just because you want familiarity at home, I feel like the problem hasn't been with the home starting lineup. It's been that starting lineup doesn't travel well in the road. Yeah. So I would say at home, just stick with what you know. Go back to what's been working at home. Try to get a W. In my opinion, I think this is a great game to just experiment with the lineup. Why not throw Sam Hoiberg in there? Like, I just I just want to see Hoiberg 
try something new. He tried it against Northwestern tonight, so I'm guessing he probably won't because he tried something new, didn't work, really backfired. But this is a game that should be very gettable. I think this is another game Hoiberg can kind of tinker around with the lineup. I would love to see Sam Hoiberg in the starting lineup, but in my opinion, I agree. It's probably going to be Lawrence. But with that, we got to end the show. Thank you for listening to the Damon Nebraska Show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Peace.